0: Alright, <laughs> yeah. the record button has been pressed, and it is now time for another episode of the Dancast. I could have gone someplace else with that. Um, I'm being a little quiet because I have an upstairs neighbor this week, and uh, maybe I shouldn't be doing a podcast. No, no, it's fine, I'll do a podcast this week, and because I haven't done one since uh, Year of Our Lord 2015, What have I done? Episode 78, according to my records, was June 21st. What day is it now? It's July 5th, right? How'd you guys spend your... uh, Where's my mouse cursor? (laughs) Spend your July 4th. I had a nice dinner, me and my my girl, my lady. We went out to a nice dinner, and it was great because I'd never order a, a red meat... When I'm out And last night I was like You know what Dan You've been good <laughs> You deserve a You deserve a ribeye So I ordered a ribeye And it was Oh my god So good Have a nice bottle of fine Wine And then watch some fireworks The fireworks in my town are um That's <laughs> strange Because it took forever For them to get started It was just uh Very odd It was like It took um they started like quarter after nine and it was just little pops and blips here and there. And then it just took 40 to 50 minutes to get started and it was, or to end. And it was just like, you know, one firework would go up and then like that, (laughs) that's going to make the, the recording pop, isn't it? And then it's, and then it just took forever for like, okay, let's wrap it up. You want one of those big hooks to come out. And take out the fireworks display. The What else happened this past week? Since we last met, I was uh, my niece graduated from high school, and it just made me feel very old, because I remember when she was born, I remember her growing up, being a little kid and all that, and here she is, she's going off to college in the fall, and... I wrote her this big note that, um, she's going into arts, which means things are going to be hard for her, (laughs) basically is what that means. And, uh, you know, like I think most of the people listening to this went into a field like that and, uh, struggled afterwards. Either you go into education or you go into art and, uh, I know people who, went into these sorts of programs, and they felt like the world owed them a living. Like, they studied acting, they studied theater, and they thought, oh, well, this is obviously... I'm so smart and great that the world owes me a living doing theater stuff. And they find out the hard way that, uh... No. No, it doesn't owe you a living. It doesn't owe you anything. And... Uh, I'm hoping, like, you know... The thing I think is important is the hap- her happiness, the hopefully, you know, she doesn't spend a lot of time going into debt to discover that I'm glad, you know, I remember people I knew in high school, giving me crap for uh, going into an arts major in a state college and Giving me shit because like I couldn't afford to go to a private school, and the thing that made me come out on top was having gone to a state school and having basically everyone in New York State subsidize my education. Uh, <laughs> it worked out pretty well for me compared to if I went to someplace private. And uh, I hope I hope she doesn't have friends like that who would who would judge you <laughs> because of whether or not you could afford going into debt for a college education. I met up with Scotty this past weekend. We got together on Friday, caught up, um, and uh, went out to dinner. Smoked some crappy cigars. And it was good to, I will say, um, it was good to see him. Because uh, we haven't seen each other for about a year, maybe more probably more, maybe a year and a half, 18 molds. And uh, <laughs> I I had gotten this sort of thing down to a science where like, here are the people that are important to you, or so you you claim. So why don't you talk to them? A mu- How come you don't talk to them so much? Like, uh, I have a reminder <laughs> now that's like every six weeks, talk to these people, or call them up on the phone see what's up, and I remember thinking like, what a strange thing, someone talking to you on the phone? That's uh this disruptive <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Scott came up, he visited, it was cool basically we did nothing much more than hung out shot the shit up on my dick my deck, is what I meant to say This is a strange uh, episode, probably because I'm being a bit more subdued. What else I got? This is a strange note I had. Gay rights are men's rights. <laughs> the, uh, I think this was instated by um, the recent ruling from the Supreme Court that uh, same-sex marriage is legal. And I remember thinking, like, when this was out in the news and it was a big deal, is is if, like, there were no gay guys and it was just lesbians. Like, no one would be making a big fuss about this. And (laughs) it's such a strange thing. Like, with, uh, what am I trying to say? I don't know, Dan, what are you trying to say? I think, uh... It's an interesting time we live in. I remember, Do you, you guys ever see that movie and the band played on? I think of this a lot because um, it's one of my favorite movies. It's one of my favorite stories. And if you've never seen it, it's basically the story of the beginning of the AIDS epidemic in the 1980s when no one knew anything about it. No one knew what the hell this thing was. It was killing off gay people at the start, because back then, when it began, it was a gay disease. They called it gay-related illness, or death syndrome, or something like that. They called it GRID, gay-related immune deficiency, or something like that. And, uh, no one knew what it was. They thought, like, you know, if you sat on the same toilet seat as a gay guy with with this thing, you would, uh, you would get it. You would die from it, and uh, and the band played on. Is critical, not just of. Is it critical of? Here's here's the criticism I see that as es- es- espouses from it was, um, the government wasn't doing enough. They figured it was just gay people dying, so who cared? But it also laid blame on. Gay gay men and their culture, because they were ha- they were being reckless, they were having unprotected sex, and this was spreading the disease, even to the point where they would call um, Gaetan Dugas. He was a flight a, a French Canadian flight attendant, and he was cited. They I think they tried to disprove this. But he is largely cited as patient zero of the AIDS epidemic. It existed before him, but he, being a flight attendant, would have, you know, hookups and travel across the country, across North America, and uh, would spread the disease. And even when he knew that he had it, he would still spread it, and then after sex, tell his, his partner... Look, I got this grid thing, and you might have it too. And I remember thinking, how selfish that is. How much of a... How could you live like that? <laughs> and this guy ended up dying at like 31. And... Uh, I... I, how, how to wrap this up into the gay rights or men's rights? Why am I even thinking of that? I think it's just because I saw that in the news, and I thought of that movie, and I thought, like, it's still a men's rights issue, you know? Gay men, don't they have, like, a lot of power in Hollywood? It's hard to think of, like, powerful lesbians, isn't it? Like, you got Ellen, and that's it. Meanwhile, gay men, you think of, like, David Geffen. He was huge media mogul. He wouldn't, he said something, there's a documentary about him and what he would do now. And he's like, I don't know, I wouldn't get into the music business. I wouldn't get into media because there's no money in it. He flatly states that he made his money back in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. And now he's like done with it. (laughs) These really smart people (laughs) that are like, Jesus Christ, I don't know what I would do. I'll put my drink down so it doesn't make so much fucking noise. Um, I think my point there was that about um, the need for acceptance and even like there's a scene with within um, and the band played on about whether or not they can allow homosexuals to give blood and they had, the government, the U.S. government, they had banned uh, gay people from giving blood. And people had seen this as, like, very discriminatory and towards, was it anti-unconstitutional? I don't think so, but they had seen this as, like, giving a stigma towards gay people and giving blood why can't gay people give blood and if you would ever look up the cdc figures they're like look gay people make up this small percentage of the population but they have more than half of the new hiv aids cases so we're just gonna completely cut that risk out and not accept it And people have been up in arms about that because it wasn't about the facts. It was about you viewing people, viewing them as different as not quite like what quality blood that there's a risk involved in taking out and, and, and receiving the donated blood and if you watch it and the band played on, like, you'll learn, like, this was a huge problem for the blood banks, because they don't just, like, have person X, <laughs> person X's blood in some sort of drawer. <laughs> they, they mix it with other people's blood. So what would happen is if someone was HIV positive, that would mix in with the blood supply, and then... Back when they didn't have a test for it, they didn't even know what it, it existed. They didn't know it had affected the blood supply. People who needed blood transfusions would receive that blood and get the it become HIV positive. And uh, so they took these measures that seem, you know, anti <laughs> anti homosexual, but that's. It was, it's, it's probably my first exposure to this idea of like, sometimes the right decision is the hard decision because people are emotionally involved. They want to be accepted into society. And if some branch of society, like say health organizations say, no, this is, this, this is not a risk we want to take, then that produces a stigma. And they're right, but it also is a justified stigma. It's too much of a risk. So now there I think there have been campaigns about um getting this sort of thing reversed. Like now nowadays, I think if you were to look it up, it would say something like how this is a d this is a rule, you know, gay men. They don't even say gay men. They say men who have sex with other men. So it would be gays and bisexuals. But uh, they would say men who have sex with other men can't give blood. And you could give, you know, you could mark that off on the questionnaire. You could lie (laughs) on the questionnaire. Uh, If you've ever given blood, you know that they ask a lot of questions. They ask if you've been to Africa. And they're right to ask these questions. Because in Africa, that's where these sorts of diseases, they believe, come in. Like, they, they believe originally that HIV came into the human population because of bushmeat. Because someone killed, like, a chimpanzee and <laughs> ate their meat and the meat was infected and they got HIV and spread it to the general human population. And then what happened was, so this spreads and spreads and spreads, and it just became very easy for that disease to spread via anal sex, basically. And the reason that's easy to spread that way is because that's where all the white blood cells are. Because you poop out of that (laughs) orifice. And so the white blood cells basically come into, like, make sure you don't get infected infections and all that stuff. So the white blood cells will also contain that sort of virus. So what happens when you have anal sex with someone who's got that in their white blood cells by their anus? Well, it spreads to you and so on and so on and so on. So naturally gay people have anal sex. So it becomes a gay disease. Like it, And, you know, it's not specifically towards gay people. It's not only, it's unique to them, but in that population, it's very prevalent because of that. So that's why they can't give blood, or they're not allowed to give blood. That's why they're asked a lot of questions about it. That's why why the stigma exists. So I guess that court ruling just kind of made me think about that, movie that book and how it's more about acceptance than it is about facts um now i don't i guess i guess i guess i don't particularly care <laughs> whether gay people are get married or not you know and uh but it, i guess it made me reflect on that and now i'm telling you guys all that and now i guess uh you can just completely ignore that Um, what other thoughts do I have? Is that pretty much it? Am I only going to talk about AIDS? (laughs) Uh, I had a week with Apple music and Apple music is pretty good. If you know and understand how it works, I had a migration problem because I had beats. This is all boring stuff, isn't it? (laughs) I had a beats music subscription and it didn't quite transfer over. And I remember thinking at the time, well, let's just call in to to Apple support people and see what they make of it. And it was a disaster. I'm on hold with people. I've got stuff on speakerphone. I probably spent two hours total (laughs) waiting and nothing had resolved. And I know I have a very good guess on why that sort of thing happened to me why the migration didn't occur. And no matter how many times you tell people, you know, two hours should be enough, but it's like, oh, okay, we'll restart your device, turn this off, turn this on, uh, reenter your password, quit. I had one, uh, tech, uh, customer support person. And she told me to quit all my open apps. Like that was going to do anything. And it didn't. So it just came to the point where like, I'll manually cr- recreate everything I had, I'll start from scratch again. If something happens to appear, I'll let you know. But I don't think it will. Basically, I I spent <laughs> an hour or so working for Apple for free. <laughs> I don't think anyone else will have this problem. The thing that's interesting to me about Apple Music is how it's so heavily related to Beats uh, by Dre and Dr. Dre. And Apple is a company that prides itself on diversity and inclusion. And uh, Dr. Dre, and hip-hop in general, is just so... It's not against that, but it's got a very different vibe. I was going for a run this week, and I put it on some sort of dance workout station. And the dance workout station had a song playing some hip hop song playing that was like lick my dick (laughs) and it's like man only hip hop songs are like this (laughs) they they not to be a prude but they it's a it's a genre of music that's anti-woman anti-egalitarianism and very violent (laughs) and uh it's Apple is so closely aligning itself with that. Not solely. It's not like they should totally get out of it. This is sort of the thing with um. One theory of uh, Beats headphones. One of the reasons they're so successful is because they have a relation to you know Dr. Dre. There's Beats by Dre. There's a reason by Dre is in that name. Sennheiser. I have a pair of Sennheiser Urbanites which are their answer to um, Beats by Dre. And Sennheiser Urbanites, my pet theory is that they had tried to market them as, a, as their answer to Beats by Dre. And Sennheiser's been around since after World War II, and they're a family-owned company, and it didn't matter to people who bought Beats by Dre. Because for people who bought Beats by Dre, that that the name Dr. Dre was very important to them. And also, frankly, Beats by Dre, if you don't buy headphones for sound, you buy them for style and comfort, and Beats by Dre look better exterior on the exterior than the Sennheisers, than Sennheiser Urbanites. So I remember when Sennheiser Urbanites came out, and they were very heavily marketing towards hip-hop fans, you know, black people, basically and uh i don't think that worked for them so they changed their strategy they stopped marketing to hip hop fans and started marketing to edm fans they started calling it a club headphone like one of their slogans is bring the club with you and uh and who's <laughs> and guess what that's mostly white people <laughs> mostly white people who uh don't see Perhaps don't see Dr. Dre as one of their own. Man, I don't mean is Am I coming off completely the wrong way? Um, I will say the um, Beats 1 that the radio station built into Apple Music is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It's actually something I would leave on in the background when I was just hanging out or reading or doing something, it's really spot on. Like you hear good music and they have radio shows like Disclosure has a radio show. Um, A track, you know, he's got a, he had this great popular fool's gold. They called it mix show dance mix show. And now he's going to be on beats one. And so probably the podcast will go away, but On top of that, what's great about it is you can, after the show airs, save the playlist they made into your Apple Music Library and just have it with you. And I thought that was just so, so good. I remember uh, listening to podcasts, like music mix podcasts, mixtape podcasts, and being spending wasting time basically trying to hunt the earth search the earth for the songs these people played and now you don't need to do that and you just go view the playlist and with a click or a tap it's in your own music library so give beats one a chance if you're already if you're not already using apple music it's more important than I thought it was going to be. Um, That's pretty much it. Not a whole lot going on this week. This is the first full week back since I had a three-day vacation. I'm very happy about that. And now I go back to regular life. <laughs> I need to go on uh, vacation. Should, I should go on vacation soon. I want to take a week off. You got any recommendations? Let me know. Um, You know how to get in touch with me. And I will talk to you all later.